one's rolling. That one's rolling. And we rolling. Oh, I just hit that big one. The button that says start, stop. Right next to the diopter. We don't have a bottom. the eyepiece? Is it on? You're going to have a wee shot of proper clothes in a moment. Is that what's in this cup right here? You've got the proper clothes. Yeah. You've got the Irish. I'm Irish. Okay. I'm Irish, didn't you know? Don't you know? All right. I'll get ready. Here we go. What's up, Ray? What's up, Mark? Man, it's been a long, long time. It has. Things have, yeah. things have changed and things have not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a wee Irish evening of talking about the strength and conditioning. It's going to be a funny evening. Sponsored by Conor McGregor. Yeah. Sponsored by Proper 12. And an OE. So, uh, and OE. Yeah. That is a... OE. Oh, yeah. Well, a little bit of coke. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back to Florida Fish Podcast. It's Mark and Mark. We got a special guest today. I'm right. Yeah. Those people right yeah. there. Right. So Hello. Special. But um, yeah, we're gonna talk about all aspects of fitness, strength, and everything. Yeah, I think we're gonna cover like competitive mindsets, like some cool vision yeah. stuff. Just a lot of stuff. Stories. Yeah, man. You guys have been you guys have been chopping it up for like the hour that I've been sitting up. Yeah, you were setting yeah. up behind the scenes. We were chopping up. We got a lot of good behind, you know behind the scenes footage. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, this will this will be fun. I think you guys yeah. will enjoy this. Yeah. So like, tell us about like we already touched on your orange story. Like you've been basically powerlifting since you're 12. So like, let's get your whole background around with that. Cause they, yeah. they already know our backstories. And yeah. Cool. I already went through like all hour long podcasts of my fitness journey. So. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, mine was I was a little fat kid. I was like 100 pounds in third grade. No, 101 pounds in third grade, and I was the boy. biggest kid in the class. Yeah. And, and in my head, that was that was good. I was like, yeah. Big. You were thick. Hey, man, no one's going to bully you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And then, uh, and then a few short months after that, actually, like maybe once I started fourth grade, you know, like a lot of maturity happened in those months. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, started I getting hair like, in random places? Not quite yet, but I just noticed like extra lines in my stomach. Wrinkles <laughs> <laughs> in my stomach. Hmm. Fourth grade, this is not good. Um, like I had like the, the long tube socks and then uh, the t-shirt in the pool. Oh instead of God. take my shirt off. Uh, you wore socks. That was me. Yeah, dude, I don't want yeah. nothing. What? Yeah. Nothing. No, I did that. I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. But Bad boys club. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad, and I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, and I saw my little friends. Like, you know, everyone is skinny in fourth grade except apparently me and like a handful of others. But um, you see the little kids run around. They have like the skinny kids six packs, and I was like. I don't like this. Like, I want to keep my shirt on. I don't like this. And uh, uh, my dad, he was a sniper in the Marine Corps, trained snipers. He was special forces. So, you know, I, I grew up, and he wasn't, like, super jacked or anything. My dad actually didn't start lifting until he was 44. But um, growing up, he was always in shape. He had something at the house. You know, okay. he was, like, he was always engaged with his fitness, you know? And I was like, dang, I feel bad about this. So after, like, a couple of years of kind of, like, just trying to, like, Consciously be aware of how I look and things like that. I was like, I go to the gym. He was like sixth grade, about twelve years old. And he went to the gym with him, and it was on a Saturday. And he worked with this guy named Jeff Severo, who I, I really hope is watching, because Jeff, you, you were a, a serious, a serious person. You always have like gym. one person who like totally changed our. Yeah, he actually works at my forty now. Uh, that's in awesome. Tampa, which is like yeah. super exclusive. Yeah. They have to have like interval. Oh, that's, you guys are Tampa-based. Uh, you know my forty, right? That's a uh, Ben Pukowski's. Yep. Jim, right? Yeah. yeah. I listen to his podcast, Muscle Intelligence. I listen to his podcast probably every Monday. That was intense. What a smart dude, right? Dude, so he's like, like he's so many like, things I try to like implement in my my 
you know, workout routine, my fitness, you know, lifestyle. So. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. He's, he's very, like, smart. Like, even, I've seen, like, some of the machines that have, like, the loading mechanisms and levers that change, like, with, with what would be a stationary machine are intelligent. And I'm like, yeah. you would never think to develop a machine like that, you know? Like, the guy's brilliant. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, habits that he has and, like, his total, total mindset on certain things, like, health and fitness. He's totally changed my mindset and, like, Optimal. Yeah, there's been other yeah. You want optimal, and I feel like he's like yeah. he's that guy. Yeah, because like, I've always been type of person like, well, there's only so much I can do physically. What can I do to get an edge on other people? Like, what are they not doing? And then he kind of answers those questions for me. One percent over yeah. years. Yeah, that's the competitive mindset for exactly. sure. Yeah. And uh, and dude, Jeff just like he was mechanical and freaking just just a mechanic with everything. He was very smart. Very. He's inspiring. And, uh, and anyway, I deadlifted with this guy that day, and I was like 12, and I deadlifted, I think, 185. I mean, I was a bigger kid, so it was like not as impressive, but I was happy with it. And I went in there going like, oh, I'm going to look ripped. I'm going to look and be and feel and get, no. Wrong sport. I, I <laughs> yep, yep, yep. If y'all know what we're going, we're headed towards yeah. powerlifting. So you see the difference already happening. Like, I deadlifted heavy the first day, and I was like, this is so much fun. I, I don't want to say, like, damn the health, but I, wanted, I was like, this was fun. I loved it. Yeah. And I was like, I have to keep doing this. Kool-Aid. Yeah. Oh man, it was like Yeah. I mean I mean the first session, dude. The first session I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Like, let's let's go. Let's go. So um, I started there. I went to my first competition. I'm sorry, I started training when I was eleven. My first competition was twelve in Amelia Island at Jacksonville. Dondell Blue was That's there. wild. Yeah. And it, so so anyone who says like you can't wait to be healthy, like starting young, like yes, you freaking can. Yeah, I've always I, I second that. Like I I started lifting I, because my dad was a strength coach, like I played football. You gotta do it right. Yeah. Like, was it like, like anything else? I, I started with like, dumbbells, like you know, push-ups, dumbbells, and like pull-ups. Yeah, you know, pull-ups, like push-ups, pull-ups, lunges, squats, dumbbells. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys a funny story. I told this to a couple of gym members. Um, my first pull-up. So my dad and I, we would, we would run together every now and then, and uh, and then we came back, and we did. He was having us do. Um, the goal was to do one pull-up. Double the amount of push ups. But we wanted to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 pull ups. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 push ups. And I couldn't do pull ups. So the first time we finished our run, um, he, he literally got a stick. I grew up on a farm. Um, my dad just grabbed a stick out of the yard. And he was like, Get on the pull up bar, let's see if we can do a pull up. And I was like, uh, like halfway up, he's like, he's like, you can do a pull up. Yeah. Like, you can do a pull up. And I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know. He, he grabbed a stick, literally, put it in my butt, dude. Literally, it was like he was like go, go, go. It was you know it's like funny. It wasn't like mean, yeah. but it was like I was like, oh my god. It's like do it again. I was like, oh my god. And I got two pull-ups. Now you can't do that stuff anymore. Like the stuff we grew up. Yeah, we can't play dodgeball anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. If y'all start a dodgeball league, like y'all just like holler. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a Tampa versus Orlando thing going. Yeah, that'd be Let's make it happen. Yeah, pretty interesting. So I grew up with my dad, and I started lifting. And like, um, and I lost to a kid my first one. I got second place, and the teenage division was just like Is under nineteen. Like yeah. that's, that's all it was. Yeah. Like if, if you're not twenty, like you're a teenager, and that's mm -hmm. who you that's who you lifted against. So I lost against a seventeen-year-old kid in my weight class. Oh, and that's I was eleven. Yeah, at eleven years old. Yeah, still, still pissed me off. Yeah, well, that's, the, year, that's the athlete in you. Yeah, yeah, like I wanted to. I'm like, no. dang, like, how do I beat you next year? And I did beat him next year, only by five pounds, but I beat him. Anyway, I just I got hooked, man, and I started listening to. Ironically, like totally by mistake, I'm wearing a Westside shirt, but I started reading Louis Louis Simmons stuff when I was like 13, 14 years old, like from Westside Barbell. I was like, all right, I got beat. Like I gotta 
what are the strongest dudes doing? What are they doing? Like, how do I train like that? So I started researching this stuff when I was like seventh to eighth grade. Um, I remember in seventh grade, eighth grade, my technology teacher, I had a flyer. I was like, I'm going to be going for a state record um, at a competition this weekend. I handed out flyers to a world gym competition in Oviedo, Florida. And, like everyone's like, you know, most kids in seventh, eighth grade. I was also obsessed with Dragon Ball Z, but most kids are only obsessed yeah. with like Dragon Ball Z yeah, and girls, or yeah. you know, like whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm breaking records. Yeah, I want to break records. And, not a single person showed up, and I really didn't care because, like, I kind of I wanted to do it anyway. I'm <laughs> You're like, in your yeah. own own world at that point. Yeah, yeah that's all that mattered. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of where my mind was at. Um, and I kind of like I, I meant I mean, beforehand, like we were talking a little bit, you know, just we were talking. And uh, I had I was diagnosed with mitral valve paralysis from my heart. And you said you had a heart condition too, which yeah. is kind of which is kind of cool because we're both like super competitive, yeah. but like we both have you know something kind of obvious limitation. Yeah. Yeah. And so my cardiologist was like, "No, you don't. You shouldn't try to break this record. You shouldn't." You shouldn't, you shouldn't yeah. try, like, you yeah. wouldn't do it, like, you're not going to do well in this, like, just just stop. Yeah. Like, that was the message I got, and I was like, fuck doctors. <laughs> I was like, what did you say to me? You said I can't? Mm -hmm. Everything after that to me, like, I don't, I couldn't tell you what the rest of the conversation was. Um, I just heard I can't, and I was like, I'm gonna. And then, uh, when I was 15, I broke my first world record for a teenage division. That's nice. Dude, that's sick. It was a 427.5. I beat the record by two and a half pounds. That was it, but I beat it. There's 427.5 deadlift at 165 when I was 15, and I was like, man, I slapped the record. Yeah. Like you said about your swimming. Like yeah. This is, he had yeah. a teacher that like discouraged him from Ms. swimming. Perry. I hope his parent listens to this. I hope you listen. I, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She told me that, you know, like I shouldn't swim, and like I wouldn't get a scholarship, and like I wouldn't have a chance to win states. And I don't know if you were doing it because you're a bigot. I don't know if you really believe that. <laughs> Shots. But, Shame. Um, All of it. Yeah, because like my, most of my classmates were shocked that you even say that. And then like my best friends would like kind of argue with you during class. And, you know, two weeks later, I brought my gold medal to class and slapped on your desk. Mm. And I just left and, ah, yeah, I didn't go to class after. Oh, uh, but that felt goal. good. I was a state champion, so I needed to go to class. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's my mindset anyway at 15, so. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing. Like, I totally don't lift for the chip anymore, but, um, but yeah, that definitely started it. You know, that someone told me, you, you can't. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not a talker. I was a super introvert. Like, if a female spoke to me that was young, old, pretty, ugly, like, if a female spoke to me, I was, <laughs> I was as red as that logo on your shirt. And I was super awkward and introverted, but I still had that, like, what are you saying to me? Yeah. That was still there. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm pretty wrong. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's very powerful if you can give it a productive trajectory and do it the yeah, correct exactly. way, you know? It's like... Yeah. So you got to do it right, but that's an important mindset to have is, you know, prey versus predator. Shout out to Lee Simmons. Yeah. Prey versus predator. He's like, which one are you going to be? And it's in a competition setting, you are one or the other. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of my start. So you talked about like, like kind of behind the scenes stuff. And like I told you, like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff, especially with swimming and then going on to like CrossFit. And there's a whole, in any sport, there's a whole lot of behind the scenes action. For sure. But like you talked like the smack talk is real. Yeah. Powerlifting. Oh yeah. Like what are That's great. Like you ever kind of play head games with people in powerlifting? Not in a competition. Not in a competition. Not in a competition. I try to do. That's interesting. You say that in training. Mm -hmm. I'm going to smack talk you until you're upset with me almost. Like it's all friendly, yeah. but at the same time, like I'm going to call you out on every little thing, especially yeah. if you're my training partners. Yeah. Because iron sharpens iron, so someone sharpens another. I'm a big believer in that verse. So like. Like, you are as sharp as people will make you. And I'm like, I, I, I feel like I'm required as your training partner to push you. Yeah. Not being a douche, but, like, you can do better. Yeah. Like, like that was, you know, that's how I got through high school swimming. That's how I got to college swimming. Like, we, I mean, we talked about, we were sprinters. We talked a lot of shit to each other. Even, like, we talked shit to the distance swimmers. Like, 
they would give us shit and like we'd give them shit. Yeah, like little things. Yeah, like sometimes like, like yeah. you're always training with guys stronger than you, and, and something yeah. like I'm not gonna train with everyone who's weaker than yeah. me. But like even if someone is, you know, if they're not quite up to my strength, and I know I can beat them, and it's not a, and it's not a competition today, I was like, my ref is cleaner than your ref. Pause more. <laughs> see, see how long you can pause that. You know, find something like something to push them a little bit. You know, be productive yeah. with it. But like, you know, there's always that push yeah. there of like. Like, I'll bet you, like, four sets of 40 stiff legs uh, that you can't get this next <laughs> Little things like that, you know, you can, you can put money in the chalk, but, like, whatever, like, whatever. We had to do some, like, most of our, our trash talking or head games would be at competition. Like, whether it be, like, a dual meet or, yeah, like, a big meet. Like, I've had people spit in my lane. And like, yeah, I, I was like one of those swimmers where like I didn't I didn't like shaking everybody's hand before a race. I didn't like talking to anybody before a race. Yeah, I, mean, I, had, you know, I had my headphones on, goggles on, I get it. just in my head. And you know, somebody be like, "Hey, good luck for a race." And I just kind of look at them, like, We're "Like, I'll shake your hand after." Like, I'm, I'm like, I have a yeah, good, to do. yeah. I was yeah. like, "Good luck." Like, I wouldn't shake their hand, but I'd just be laser focused. I had one kid spit in my lane, and I kind of looked at them like, "You're yeah. gonna die." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta have you gotta have that like like. The second I weighed in and made my weight class, like I just won that weight class. Yeah. That's the same sort of thing. Like, there's a, I have a couple friends in my weight class that are, you know, on, on like you know a higher level of lifting. Uh, Massey, I hope you're listening, dude. You're freaking awesome. But like, legit, like I made a post about this, and it was so cool that I thought he reposted too, because we like we literally got each other listed against each other at nationals at a national level, like, and, um, and I took first and took second. But it was like it was so much fun, and we didn't know we were in the same weight class until I think um, I think we were doing our benches, like the squat, yeah. bench, and the deadlift. So like we were helping each other warm up through squat, yeah. and we got in bench and It's like, oh dang, we're in the same weight class. So like we've been helping each other all day. Like why would we stop? <laughs> I mean, you know, like I I want you at your best when like whoever wins, like we need to be at our best. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want the cheap one. Don't give me the cheap one. I want yeah. you to be perfect. Yes. You better be perfect, and I don't want to be. We're not cheapening this yeah. for anybody. Like whoever wins, like whatever wins, like the best guy shows up straight up. That's, yeah. that's how competition is. But like, I want you to be as as comfortable, and as I want you to be as good as you can be. Whoever wins, because otherwise it's like, oh man, I beat him, but he was at like eighty five. He had an injury. No, like, that's not the same, no. dude. That's not the same. No. And it's, I want that guy. I want that guy, and and he did too. And it was it was. It was great. We're good friends now, and I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him national. Yeah. I can't wait to see him national, so I'll tell you. But, you know, like, there's a productive camaraderie that comes with, like, the smack talk, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, cool. yeah. it's like, it's healthy. It's still Especially like, if you, if you still compete with the same people in the same circuit. Like, you see them often at, like, different meets and stuff like that. Like, For sure. You, you know them. Like, I, I mean, I've had friends and teammates, like, Hunter Henson, like, we... <laughs> He's a good old, you know, Georgia boy uh, yeah. from Florida, like originally from New York. So, like, and we were like, you know, best of friends. Like I, yeah. I host him on a recruit to Florida State. Unfortunately, he went to Alabama, but I, I mean, I can't, can't promise him scholarships. But he, you know, awesome dude, really humble. Yeah. We had one of the best, you know, races of at least top three in like my life. Yeah. Uh, was at Zones. We actually. That's where competing gets fun. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, you know, he took. I think second in the hundred fly, I took third. Yeah. And some kid from Tennessee beat us both, and we we're like, Dude, we're not letting him beat us in the two hundred. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, you want to go for a hat trick, like, top, take sweep top three up on podium. I'm like, yeah. Dude, fuck yeah. We You're like, yes. He's like, we just need to get <laughs> CJ to touch the wall of third. And we're like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're always gonna duke it out because you know we've always we, we know been, where we're at. Yeah, we we've been duking it out for the last four years. I'm yeah. like, 
yeah, bro, it's just, you know, best man, best man touched the wall first. Yeah, let's go. And, and, you know, we went head to head and like he knew my race strategy and I knew like, if you're not ahead of me within the, like, the last lap, like you're not gonna catch me. Yeah. And he's like, That's dude, awesome. you pulled off on that last lap and I was like, God damn, I ain't gonna catch him. And he's like, I tried, dude, I tried. He's like, you just won't, you're just unrelenting. I was like, dude, I told you. Perfect. But we hit the wall, you know, one, two, and then we were so worried, we're like, dude, let's get that hat trick. And CJ hit the wall, just out touched that kid from Tennessee. I forgot his name. He's not really important because he got fourth. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we hit the you know wall and we swept the podium. And like, Rock, yeah, you know, Team Florida because Florida's the best. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was definitely like the most memorable meet of one of my one of the most memorable meets of my swimming career. That's cool. and, um, you know, guys. By the way, this man has raced Michael Phelps. I didn't know that before yeah. today. That's sick. That's so <laughs> sick. He's literally he's been at a collegiate level, NCAA yeah. level, to race Michael Phelps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the F. That was a. Uh, I was 15 at the uh, Missouri Grand Prix. When you're in 2007. Yeah. And uh, you know, for prior to Olympic year, so most athletes, most top level athletes like Michael Phelps are not tapered down. Like they're in the middle of their heavy training session. Yeah. So this not is kind of like just, yeah, just kind of like a it's. This is a contract meet because he his contract with Speedo, so he has to do this meet. Mm -hmm. He's probably not 100%, but he's like, oh, well, I can't lose, so I got to win. And yeah. me being 15, I'm like, I'm sitting right next to Michael Phelps and Greenlands. I'm like, sweet, like, how do you not see what you got against yeah, like that? Dude, it's like the world record holder. Yeah. And my coach is trying to tell me, like, race strategy and all this stuff. You're like, no, I'm trying like, Yeah, okay. Like, you know, pace the first 100, go hard the second 100. Got it. Didn't do that. Um, <laughs> went out the first hundred, a second slower than my best hundred time. So like my best hundred time was like a 56. I went out in a 57. As I'm turning to go to the 150, um, I noticed that I am, I touched the wall before Michael Phelps at the, at the hundred mark. And I was just so overjoyed, like such an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm swimming so fast. like. I'm on world record pace. And I don't know if you guys ever been in like the presence of a predator before, like whether it be in the water or on land. Um, his eyes locked on me and he moved past me like I was standing still. And um, yeah, it was a very deflating moment at that time. And then that's when the adrenaline wore off and I felt every pain because um, I went out the first hard. Yeah, yeah, for the first hundred. First hundred. So that second hundred was, um, improvised drowning to the uh, <laughs> wall. And uh, I touched the wall, he ended up setting the world record at the time, which I think was like 154. Uh, this is long course, 200 meters. And um, you know, I shook his hand and everything like that, and he's like, he was like, he's like, hey man, good race. I'm like, no, like, what you swam was a good race. Like, I, I just, you know, my coach was like, bro, what the hell was that? I'm like, I was racing Michael Phelps. I, I everything went out the you know, window. So, yeah. but definitely that is like the number one like out of all my swimming accolades, like that's a moment. Like, yeah, that is like the top moment of my swimming career. Straight cool, to him. Yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah, that's but cool. like I mean, dude, you've been on nationals and all this other stuff. Like that's, I don't know. I, I, I winning is always gonna feel better than losing, but if you're gonna lose, yeah, someone like Michael Phelps, Michael Phelps. Like, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> a respect. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> that's crazy. Like I'm supposed to be good people, but yeah. 
you know, Michael Phelps across the board as, as an athlete, Dude, like regardless of sport. He's just a freak of nature, man. Like, yeah. I, I found out later that he even split his race. So he went out the same time. He, like, his second 100 was the same time as his first 100, which is... Wow. It's unheard of in swimming. Yeah, like, you just don't do that. Like, you can probably do it in track, like, but you can't do it in swimming. Like, it's just not possible. Obviously, Michael Phelps is a very exceptional human being, so... Enigma. Yeah, he's... He's a nut. Like, he's just a freak of nature. Like, he yeah. built to swim. That's cool. So, that's freaking cool. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> like, it's definitely a top... That's pretty yeah. cool. Top swimming experience. Cool story to have. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, give to my kids and my grandkids, so. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. I wish I, the only thing I wish was, like, it was, like, I wish it was during, like, the social media age. That way I had, like, video of it, you know? Yeah. Like, that would have been a cool, like, hey, like, show them, even if it's, like, really shitty pixels. It's like, yeah. this was me against Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah, 15. All lanky armed. And so you can't even yeah. tell. Is that really Michael Phelps? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The question, everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, is it? It was in the Missouri, you know, yeah, University of Mizzou. Like they had the big jumbo con, and yeah. Like you, like that pool was at the time was state. It's probably is, but it's still like state of the art. And like they had cameras in the bottom of the pool, so like they could see you swimming underwater. And they were close on the jumbotron, so it, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, no other pool had had these. I knew like had that at that time. So yeah, um, that was definitely like one of the nicer pools I ever swam in. That's cool. Other than that, like the state of Missouri is kind of weird. It's not, it's not Florida, so. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely very slow pace. <laughs> yeah. But. Pick some skids for all you to watch over Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's really like a very cool, like, I guess you could say a legacy to kind of leave behind. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I mean, is that kind of, I mean, what's, what's the direction of things that you're kind of going in right now? Because you said, this is something like, um, I think at the start, you have a tendency to kind of, you said you don't lift with a chip anymore. For sure. So what is it that's kind of driving you forward in, in anything that you're doing? I love that question. That's such a good question. So um, I've been told this multiple times throughout my life, and probably until I was maybe like 23 or 24, I couldn't really rationalize this and how it looked for me. Because you hear all the bodybuilding stories, at least I have, because I grew up watching bodybuilding and powerlifting and things like that. Um, everyone said it's a very selfish sport. Yeah. You know, you have to be you have to be a totally selfish person to be the number one in the sport, and like that bothers me. That really bothers me because I don't I don't think of myself like that. I really feel like I'm not a selfish. I try not to be selfish. Like that's yeah. a conscious thing for me. I try not to be selfish. So I'm like, man. And I was I remember this. My brother my brother told me this. My brother I love my brother. I'm very close to my brother. And he said this, and I was like, <clears throat> it took me like a year to really figure out how do you how do you dispel that? Because there's a lot of truth yeah. to that for a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm like, dang. Like in my head, in my place. If you don't know, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. I'm not like, like, yeah, I'm dipping, but whatever. You'll be fine. Dude, um, everyone sins, dude. Like God. No one's God, perfect. Yeah, yeah God's no perfect. You, no matter what. So. Hey, um, but like, I've always grown up with the belief that like the strongest person you can be is someone who lives for others. I'm like, okay, so why are the strongest people in the sport the ones that are prospering? Like, how? Why? That that doesn't make sense to the theology that I agree with and what I choose to believe in. So I'm like, how do, you, how do you balance that? And it took me like a while to really figure out, not just one for myself theologically, how do I navigate that barbed wire? Like that's, a, that's a, like a hoop to jump through, like philosophically, psychologically, in every way. It's a it's direct contradiction, you know? So I'm like, what does that look like? And I started thinking about like different 
people that I've seen that have been helped with this sport. And I'm like, okay, well, you can live for charity. You can do things like that. So for me, it's like, it's starting to look more like I understand the people that I live with and their personal problems, but, um, but how I've interpreted in a business model is, is really cool. It's an organization called Compassion. I hope they see this because they've been in contact with me and it's an amazing organization. So it's like $38 a month and you sponsor a kid. It gives them three squares a day in schooling consistently. Any third world country in the world. That's so awesome. we have uh, 17 people on the sponsor team, mm -hmm. which is 17 kids. And basically how that works is I try to sell online programs to compensate for that loss of income, but a program for the team. Basically, if you'll sponsor a kid for $38 a month, like I'm gonna give you free coaching and you have access to the gym entirely for free. So it's so now we're gonna go to these high level competitions and exhibit physical strength, but you don't get on the team if you're not helping someone and pen palling this kid. Like you, yeah. you write the oh, kid. Wow. Yeah, like you develop a relationship with the kid. So it's like a double, it's like two sides of the same coin. It's really cool because like the people on our side of things, the, the more privileged world, like, yeah, we've all got struggles here, don't we? especially right now being a gym owner. Like, yeah, finances are rough right now, but like you see both sides of the coin. This kid, like, like I can't pay gym rent very effectively right now. This kid has to go look for his meals tomorrow. So like from an athlete perspective, you, yeah. get, you get that the reality check of like people live like this. Mm -hmm. But from the kid's perspective, they get this athlete that knows about leadership and has these privileges and things like that. And it's like, it's, so, it's, just, it's just productive. It's, it's a full circle, like yeah. all backs get, I, get I feel scratched, like that's, you know? Because we, we've riffed on like the difference between like us growing up now and, or back then and like kids now. And I, I feel like the biggest thing that kids now are missing are mentors, like really strong mentors. Yeah. And people that understand things yeah. like competition and the value yeah. behind it and how to help someone. Exactly. It's like, important. Yeah. It's so important. Like, you know, so, some kids, like, they don't, like, I, I hate participation trophies. I never got one growing up. Same. Like, and, Same. <laughs> like, I told you a little bit about, like, my dad, like, my dad, my dad's a hard ass. Like, there's no way, he's st he knows what he wants and he's, <laughs> he has no filter. So, and like, the people who've met my father, like, I, I know a couple of my teammates have met my father. My, my siblings will tell you, like, He's gonna say whatever's on his mind, whether it's good or bad, and you're gonna to have to be. That's real, though. Yeah, he's, real he's good. Yeah, he's the realest person you'll ever meet. Yeah, it's perfect. And um, yeah, some people don't like it. Like they don't like that he has no filter, and some people can handle it. And you know, like I don't know any difference. Like you can cuss me all day, and I, I won't bat an eye, but it's almost as constructive. Like, like that's yeah, how so it was, like did you but, you taught me something yeah, about that, right? Yeah, all right, I'm good. And like, I I feel like. They need that kind of hardness and like, cause the world's not gonna give you like roll over and give you a trophy. Like, oh, you tried today? All right, you're gonna get a participation trophy just like everyone else. Like, no, like you need to be successful. Like, we're gonna teach you how to lose. We're gonna teach you how to win. Yeah. And like, you're gonna want. We're gonna teach you how to do both. Like, yeah. How to handle it. How to handle adversity and all these things. So, I, I feel like that's very important, especially in like today's society, because like things are not given out to you and like. You, you have, everything is earned or you have to work for it. Yeah, especially like, success in life yeah. if, you're if you're talking about financially. Like yeah. there are skill sets yeah. you have to learn if you don't learn those skill sets. You do not get to provide for your family. Yeah. If you don't get to provide for anyone else, you want to provide on top of that. You better learn those skill sets or you don't get the reward or you sit in credit card debt and you leave debt at the end of your life. And yeah. That's the last thing you want for your children it's or your loved ones. Pretty you know, lousy like legacy. Yeah, like what a terrible legacy. Like, yeah, yeah. here's my debt. Um, this was fun. <laughs> Later, yeah. <laughs> like no, man. Like no, I want you to be taken care of. Like, and that's that's kind of funny too. That's why I like scripture too, is because there's four definitions of love. One being discipline, 
if you're not teaching these things of how to operate in the world and how to learn, like learning how to learn, that's a skill set. Yeah. Like learning is a skill set, but learning how to learn different <coughs> skills, that's a different skill set. Yeah. You need to learn that. Yeah. Just like learn. just being open to learn. Like some people are so set in their ways. Like, like I love my grandfather, but he's so set in his ways. Like he won't. He refuses to. Listen. There's like a word for it now. It's like yeah. old head, right? Yeah. Like, or, or, he's boomer, old head. Yeah. Or boomer. We've been, I guess I mean, there's I, a yeah. Yeah, that's throwing around. Really, I, I, I don't know how I'm a boomer. Someone said us only <laughs> to me last night on the phone. Yeah. I, was, I was like. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I hate being categorized as a millennial. Like, I'm category. almost 30, like, yeah. don't say that. <laughs> we do fall in there, but I think it's just a different work ethic, and, and yeah, it's different. like you're, you're, you're saying, it's like, um, I mean, even with the stuff that you're talking about when it comes to competition, like, I, I didn't necessarily come from that. Like, um, uh, um, pr probably insist that I'm more like a nerd, I think, of anything. Totally. So I never, I never, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and that's that's not you like better a, be nerds. Yeah, yeah. What you love, you better be nerds. Yeah, about it. yeah, like obsessively about it. But I mean, like I, like um, yeah. never really got into competition, honestly. So like probably when I was twenty three or twenty four, and I started training, yeah. and even then I was still trying to push against it. But it was it was like learning that you're able to basically manifest your own destiny. You really are. Yeah. You really are. Because I mean, you were saying you kind of did start with a chip on your shoulder, and you started out. Um, and it evolves from there. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's there's a catalyst. Someone's got a point in their life. It's like you're you're gonna get in or you're gonna get out. Yeah. It's like what you choose. Yeah. Did yeah. you stick with it? And and you know and then once you get once you know you're in, now you start to the mind starts to evolve a little bit. You know and you're like why do I want to stay? Why do I have to stay here? It's almost like I have to. Like yeah. I have to stay in this mindset. You know. Yeah. And it's like you can't get out of it. And you enjoy staying in it. Yeah. yeah. So but now you're forced with yeah, other mental gymnastics of like oh, man. how do I justify this without being. You know, for me, how do I feel like yeah. I, I chase this without being selfish? You yeah, know? absolutely. It's like, dang, you know, now there's like seven kids, 17 kids sponsored. It's yeah. like, it's grown into this big charity thing. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like, it, yeah. it worked. Yeah. It worked, dude. It's like, now now I can enjoy my training without feeling like I'm selfish because, like, it's, you know, it's both and not either or. It's not like you have to be selfless and weak yeah. or selfish and strong. It's like, no. Yeah. Like, selflessness is the strongest you can be. And it's like, and it's just now we're going to the first <laughs> So going over the sumo deadlift, this is her first time doing a sumo deadlift. Literally today is her first day. So we're kind of fixing some of the beginner tweaks that might be there, and she's already improved a lot. You guys are getting like the, like the, the very nice version. She's a very fast learner, so it should be fun to watch. When building tension in the sumo deadlift, when you squat down, you don't want to be a knee dominant movement, right? You want to push the hips back. You want back and hips, not just the legs. Like if you're just legs or if you're just back, you're weak. If your legs and back, you're strong. It's more musculature. It's a safer position for the spine. Everything's reinforced. The body works together. That's what you want to go for with a sumo deadlift. Don't try to start too upright. Don't make it a squat. It's not a squat. So that's the big thing we went on. Um, there's two main cues on the deadlift, especially the sumo position. Generally, people are weaker off of the floor. Um, let me show you real quick. Find a position where your shins are vertical on the floor. If your knees start caving in, that's not, you don't want to be there. So with our starting position, go ahead and get a starting position. Okay, so we've got a little bit more. You'll be able to see from the side that her shin is not tracking forward a whole lot or backwards a whole lot. It's pretty much vertical into the floor. So go ahead and just set up on the bar. You don't have to do a rep, just get tight on the bar. Good, so this is very, very linear. It's not exaggerated one way or the other. That's what you want to do for the setup. Perfect. So when you start off the floor, just kind of hold tension. You want to make sure that you're tight. Don't yank, don't build tension with the bar while trying to lift the bar. Build tension with the bar before you lift the bar. It's also, there's a common term, pulling the slack out of the bar. I don't know if I entirely agree on it, especially on a stiff bar. 
Different talk, different time. Regardless, you want your lats to stay tight, you want your air up here, and you want to push your abdominal wall out to brace. That's what's going to help to brace the spine and the, and the, and the back. And a big one is the T-spine. You see people fail deadlift here? That's T-spine and core weakness. So you want to brace that while loading on the bar, before you're lifting the bar. There's a difference between loading on the bar and lifting the bar. Two cues off the floor. You need patience with sumo. You're generally going to be a little weaker off the floor. You have a wider base. takes a little more time to generate force. As you go up, don't pull straight up. If you pull straight up from where you start, you're going to be on your toes, you're going to be forward, your back can't lock out, and your hips are not being taken advantage of. So the second you break it off the floor, I think up and then pull back. Like someone has a string on your hip, and the second you, this bar gets to your knee, approaches your knee, someone yanks the string on your hip, and you shove your glutes into the bar. Okay? Maintain lat tightness. That's not an excuse to deadlift like this. Still maintain lat tightness and core tightness, but think mainly about the hips once you pass your knee. Then if you're in a good position right there, odds of finishing the lift are a lot higher. So we're just gonna do like five singles and just we'll get some verbal correction if there needs to be. If there's not, then she's a freaking awesome deadlifter. So just five reps, one at a time. Just try to think about, make every rep feel the same, okay? Good, there we go. One thing you guys will be able to see from that profile, you'll be able to see how far back the hips are, and the hips are not under the spine. You don't want shoulders and hips lined up. You want the hips out here and the shoulders right here. Okay, you, that's, that's a good trademark of using the back with the hips. We want both. Rep two. Good. There we go. Good, a little more air. Now cue speed through the middle. Never think speed off the floor with sumo. Almost never, almost never, unless you're like, who does that? Um, oh, what's the 220 guy? I can't remember his name right now. Dang it. He's the most explosive type 2B fiber lifter I've ever friggin' seen in my life. Unless you're that guy who deadlifts like 804 at 220, don't pull fast sumo off the floor, especially with a stiff bar. Build tension and then accelerate. So a big cue for the sumo after you break it off the floor, patience off the floor, and then accelerate to the top. Those are two really important cues for sumo if the position is already good. Those are the two main things you want to think. So we're going to try it again with cueing speed through the middle of the lift. Cool? Build tightness. Go. There we go. See, there's a snap at the top. There's a snap at the top. We got two more, okay? Kind of do them on your own. There we go. Good. One more. Doing awesome. Yeah, very good. Very good. Heck yeah. Good job. Thank you. So I'm going to point out some tendencies and a quick like weakness evaluation for anyone that's, uh, that's kind of watching the video. You see in the middle is the slowest range of motion. Uh, that's going to tell you your weakness. So if you're slow off the floor, generally it's, it's quads. Um, it could be glutes, but generally it's, uh, it's quads or if, the, or if the back can't handle the load and the rate of force development the hips can generate. Those are your main weaknesses if you're slow off the floor. You're slow in the middle. Generally you're looking at the core and, uh, and the ability of the glutes and hamstrings to fire. They might not be weak. There's a big debate in, like, in the physical therapy world of activated versus weak. Regardless, they need work. As a strength coach, that's what I can tell you. Um, and then at the tippy tippy top, if the lockout looks like this, you're generally, you have a grandpa booty and, uh, and you need more trap and core work. You need to maintain spinal stability throughout the middle of the lift so you're, not, so you're at an advantageous position at the top. Um, but if the hips can't pull through to the bar, then the upper body will compensate. Like if you're right here and, the hip, and you know to lock the hips out, like this still is not a lockout, the shoulder's not behind the hip joint, red lights, okay? So, work, so a workout to fix 
The middle part of a deadlift would be like a pause to deadlift. That's highly, highly specific. A banded deadlift, a demo deadlift, any of those would all help to target the weakness in the middle of any deadlift. You can do those sumo, you can do those wide grip, you can do those against bands, you can do them with chains, you can do them any way you like. But those are the main lifts I would suggest as a secondary main lift. Um, depending on what program you're following, you can go main lift and then all single joint, or you can do main lift, secondary main lift, tertiary main lift, and then a little bit of accessories. However you want to separate it, those are my top three for middle portion of the deadlift being slower, whether you're sumo or conventional. Cool? That's the deadlift. And I just look at the evolution of the sport. Like, I, I, I use swimming because like, that was the sport that I was in. I think I spent 14 years in swimming. Yeah, like that's that's all I knew. Like I, I, mean, I trained, I, I weight trained outside of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shark, bike, dolphin. Yeah, token, all these nicknames that I have. That's cool. Um, but token. yeah, wow, that's that's jacked up. That's a second. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it is what it is. It's whatever. Right? Yeah, I never got offended by it. Like it's the, they're, I mean, my, my coach. Some of my coaches get upset, and I'm like. Listen, I've been dealing with it my whole life. Like, yeah. either, you're like, it's water off my back, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. 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 I can say, I mean, it's either you're going to get upset about it or you're just going to move on and beat them. Like, it's kind of probably what added to like, chip my shoulder because I was always like discredited. So I was like, all right, well, yeah. so yeah. I'm going to touch the wall. Yeah. 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 So I'll see you in second place. But I don't even know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Just as a motivator, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, the mental evolution of, of a competitor. Well, yeah, like the, uh, the the evolution of sports is just crazy. And what I like, like I I was that selfish athlete until I got injured my junior year of college. Yeah. And then uh, when I was offered that managerial scholarship, I saw the difference of like coaching being an athlete, coach from the coaches for perspective of you know coaching athletes yeah so I, I was picking up things like other athletes were doing I was like hey because I, I work basically with the kids who didn't make the conference team and were basically the ones not traveling yeah so I was like hey you want to make that conference team like you need to do this this and this so like your turns are effed up like you need to change this like yeah, you're, fix you're, this. yeah fix this like this is gonna make you so much better if you make it there are losing half a yeah. second like right here and this there's one three, spot yeah like, fix there's it. three turns in a hundred you can nail those three turns that's you know half a second off your overall time yeah. or that's a full second off your overall time right yeah. that makes so much sense it's like there's seven turns in, in a 200 that's over three seconds in your overall time they're like really i'm like if you work literally. on those seven turns like you'll literally be three seconds faster and they're like yeah that makes so much sense i'm like all right it's like how do you do your turns i'm like so i show them and like oh okay like let me let me work on this and like she's like am i doing this right I'm like yeah like Certain things like, hey, you can't take off on this practice. You chase him. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna go to NCAA's. Chase him. Like, mm -hmm. all right, I'll I'll do that. Like, and just working with different athletes and like talking to different recruits. It's like, hey, your life can change in three seconds. Literally, like I tore my labor and that was it. I was done. And they're like, oh, shoot, like take care of your body, make sure you're eating right, and all this stuff, and like take care of school, like because somebody's not gonna be there forever. So make sure you take care of school too. Yeah. And. You know, after after college, I started coaching you know younger kids, and I've always coached like I've always taught swim lessons like throughout high school. Mm -hmm. I started coaching younger kids, and like I could just see like like oh, you're a you're a college athlete. I'm like, yeah, like I swam in college. I'm like, dude, that must have took so much hard work. He's like, you think I get there? I was like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's like it's like as long as you're you have a goal, like you can reach it. 
Like as long as you work hard, yeah. You just gotta figure it out. Like I had to figure it out. Like I, I had certain things in my life that made me have a chip on my shoulder. So I was like, that's what motivated me. It was like once I got to the high school level, I knew that I wanted to get out of you know Sarasota and I wanted to get a scholarship and that's where it took that's me. What you did. And I was like, if you want something, like, well, it's all up to you. Like, it's not, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. It's, it's like, like a pursuit of happiness. Yeah, like, yeah, you basically, want go yeah, get it. Yeah, go, yeah. Basically, basically <laughs> what I told these kids, and like, they're like, that's so cool. Like, they would be so proud to like, be like, oh, that's my coach. Like, he, he taught me how to swim, and like, you know, up and down the pool and like, pressure and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like, just, all you have to do is work hard and be humble. Like, that's it. I agree. And, um, totally agree. And I think it shows like, you know, how you carry yourself and like, I've had athletes just like totally just become more confident because they, they just, they, oh, man. They, they took pride in what they did. Like they were like, oh man, I made the B team. Like they get into like the slump. It was like, no, you, that gives you an opportunity to get better. Like if you're on the B team this year, you're going to be on the A team next year. Yeah. So um, they're like, just have a goal in mind. Like it doesn't matter like if you're a walk-on or, you know, a five-star recruit. It doesn't matter where you're at. Yeah, I mean, you can get where you want to get most of the time. Yeah, except for that, like one percent of the one percent that are just genetically freaks, like Phelps, things oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, but you still get to the Olympic trials. I mean, like that's yeah. how many people do that? Like that's yeah, another exactly. one percent yeah. yeah. situation. How many so people? Like, how many people switch to college? It's not very many. many. It's very marginal. So it's yeah. like you know the fact that you're here like means that you belong. Where you know you belong here. Yeah. Well, you tell me. You, you also told me a lot of uh, like some prime examples of people who were very, very talented, but they, yeah. didn't, they didn't necessarily take advantage of those things, and, and they will fall off. Yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I've had athletes who, I've had teammates who swam one year of high school, got a scholarship, and then just didn't have it in college. Yeah. Or even like, even during um, our conditioning, mm -hmm. like we, had, we get there three weeks before school starts, and we don't touch the pool for until like week two. So like the first week is all, we run stadiums. And like I, I, I remember my first day of college. It, yeah, all cardio days. Yeah, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> one rep. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that like if you're being coached, you never ask how many reps you know. No, you just yeah. like yeah, just do it. So it's just like, like hey, we're running stadiums, too many intervals, make it up and down. Yo, make sure you make the interval. Yeah, step number one for sure. Step number two, don't ask how many you're doing. Because then you'll yeah. have more than you yeah. initially had. Yeah. So if you have a good coach. <laughs> like basically, yeah, basically, somebody asked, if we already did like 14. I think the goal was to do 20 stadium runs. Yeah. Some dumbass freshman asked, <laughs> hey, coach, how many we're doing? He's like, oh, well, we're going to do 20, but we're now we're going to go until I'm tired. <laughs> Not until you're tired, until I'm tired. Well, I'm tired watching you, so we just kept going. We went for two and a half hours up and down the stadium. Oh, and man. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Remember the Titans? Yeah, like, basically. We are going to do up-downs until blue, blue is, is no longer hot. Tired and thirsty. Basically, that's, that's the moment. Oh, and, yeah. And then, like, so just shut up and do it. And the coach was very serious. Like, you know, if you want to be here, you're going to work hard. We had five kids on scholarship that he cut on the first day. And like, that's how we knew, like, oh, this is, this is real. For real. This is for real. Yeah, like, he, he wants to win. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to win it. Yeah. <laughs> letter King reference. I watch too much Letter King right now, guys. I apologize. <laughs> if you guys so, like, I've had so many examples of that. And, like, I've had teammates who, who didn't work hard. Like, during, we had spring conditioning because we're out of season. And we had a kid didn't make the interval on stadiums, and we had to keep doing repeats. So, yeah. kept on getting stuck on that 20th rep of stadium runs. <laughs> Finally we had a we had a team or we had a team captain. We were like, hey coach, 
you guys can take off. We're going to take care of this. And uh, we're not going to say that we beat the shit out of him, but he uh, he made the intervals after that and uh, was bruised a little bit. Yeah. He fell. Yeah, he fell down the stairs. <laughs> He had a noopsie daisy. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny. It's like we, we kind of act like that's a whole different world. But I think, I think when people genuinely care, like, I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's weird to say that that's for your own sake. It sounds like something like such a, like an old school dad sort of thing to say. I feel like but, such a dad when I talk about right, stuff. Right, right. Like but I mean, really what I, mean yeah, it's, it's, I, I feel the same way because like, I feel like we're, we're similar in age. Like, I feel like we're... We're in a different world. Like we grew up in a different era. because you just see you just see the value of all that hard work and what what it like led to, yeah. what it helped to do, create. And I think there's it's interesting that you mentioned that you go over this hub where you no longer come from a place of like you're motivated by this chip on your shoulder, but you're I think you're sort of more motivated by seeing the other people. Like for me, it's that flash in their eyes when you give them when you give them just a little bit of a cue. It's like if you yeah. use your hips, like like, like literally when you guys see the deadlift, like. When I see a good rep, I'm like, whoa! Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. break the mic on yeah. this thing, but like, I'll start yelling. Yeah. I get so excited. So I get clicked. Like, that yeah. was the light bulb. Yeah. That was it. That's what I wanted to yeah. see. Yeah. And, that's, and now you feel that, and now you can replicate it. It's exactly. Like, it's, like, it's like an epiphany for the body. Yeah. yeah. When it, with athletic performance. And it, and it cuts the it cuts the learning curve. I mean, because you remember, I remember, you, we all have that are like, our yeah. memories and like the, the challenges that we face. Yeah. So now you, you can like share that, and I think that's that's like probably one of the best legacies of, of this of this space. And it's interesting to me that like I really, like I said, like I was a nerd and I really didn't give crap about all this stuff and the competition and all that. But then when I recognized that it was it went beyond just what I was doing, but like to, to, one of the kids that I trained, and I'm gonna go into one of the one of the kids that you trained that made you cry. Um, one of the kids I trained had had scoliosis, and. Yeah. Typically, what they tell this kid is like you've got like you've got rods going through your spine. You're not gonna be able to do like you're gonna be able to lift any heavy, heavy weights, and he struggled to put on weight. Yeah. I think he was like he was like 19, 20 years old, and like five foot eight, and he was like 130 pounds soaking wet. So this small kid. kid. Yeah. But I mean, like after after I was done with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I basically fed him. I think we got him up to like uh, about 150. Uh, 150 pounds and he had a pretty decent like he wasn't afraid to lift he wasn't afraid to deadlift anymore and he wasn't afraid to to squat heavy that that first part of the sentence wasn't afraid yeah, yeah. that is a transferable yeah. skill into business into life into a relationship and your yeah. faith into anything yeah. like you learn that in sports and i feel like some of that like like athletes, it translates like, for you sure can't be afraid to fail like and that's that's a huge thing too. Like, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, "What if I fail? What if I screw up?" And like, <laughs> I struggled with that for like a good portion of my life, and like, finally, like, I was just like, you know, I think the problem with like the whole notion if of I failure, fail, I'll, I'll learn. Yeah, like, it's not, it's not a failure. It's like, well, the, the problem with like the notion of failure is that it seems so final. Yeah, it does. Like, it, there's always a really like you, almost on a day day to day basis, you have like several failures. Yeah. Like today, like I, after you left, I was like, I haven't, I haven't pulled, I haven't deadlifted in a long, long time. But I think it was just, honestly, it was like probably something in the air. Yeah. Um, but it was just the environment. And I, I hadn't pulled anything over like, God, what was our, our last, like, if anything, you whatever we cleaned. Or, oh, what the last we cleaned, like, that would be the, the most I've ever, yeah. like, pulled off the ground. Or, like, in the Dang, late yeah. higher twos, if anything. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I like 225. You, I think your clean max was like 205. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't pulled anything heavy. Over 200. Yeah, over yeah. 200. And last time I hung out with you, like, 
almost three, three years ago. Close to three. It was like five. This is probably the first time I pulled five off the ground. Six. So today it was like, it was like all right, whatever. Let's just let's just shoot for it. And then I think maybe it was maybe it was all that food I ate. Yeah. I was able to pull like four. In the rain. Yeah. Four twenty-five yeah. off the ground, and then like it was like, all right, I he's like, like, like I'm, I can do four. Yeah, it's like that's, that's four fifty-five on the bar. He's like, ah, same thing. Says yeah, it's five pounds. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll go for it. Yeah, the bar moved. It just it, it go. didn't go up. Oh yeah, yeah. And like you know when yeah. you when you got and when you don't. Like yeah. I actually had a PB today. Well, a beltless PB. Like I've, I've yeah. never pulled four or five. Four or five with no belt. That was the first time. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I was very happy, and I haven't deadlifted over a year, other than like clinger deadlifts, yeah. which. But, it, really but I've been trying to like, but beyond but on the other side of failure, yeah. like the thing that I've been trying to figure out is like, what is motivation? Because we talk about it all the time. Yeah. And I think it's like part of it is just like creating these reference experiences where you're constantly proving to yourself that like, no matter what failures I think I'm going to encounter on a day-to-day -day basis, I'll have these, I'll have these moments of, of reference where I can prove to myself that I'm able to do something. Yes, like, that's important. I mean, when you were just like 15 and you pulled four or four. four that's, I mean, that's, and a half. Yeah. yeah, and a half. That's wild. Five, <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is like really wild. Yeah. That's up there for like 15, what did you weigh, like 165? Literally, like I think I weighed in 163. Yeah. yeah. Ryan yeah. Kennelly weighed me in. Ryan Kennelly was the second guy ever to bench press over a grand. I think I, balls. I was like, he's weighing me in? Yeah. 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 I was at yeah. 162.3, I think, in my last meet. And I actually, like, I cut down to that weight. I normally walk around like a 74. 175 to 180. Yeah. Got down to 162 just because. Yeah. Um, and I'm taller too, so that was a little bit. I mean, you're taller, but I mean, like, uh, like pulled about there, yeah. and I got. I mean, it was like I got to. I got third simply because of the fact that I, um, I did the work and cut weight. And I think that I think that was interesting because there were other people there. I was listening to people's conversations, and I remember this guy's like, I didn't bother cutting weight. I'm a powerlifter, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. So, I mean, like, it, it's, it's a difference between the willingness you got to. Top three in there. Yeah. 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 Did I didn't expect yeah. to get top three. I was, was completely unexpected. I was ready to leave. Yeah. Um, it was just like, it was a good meeting. We had fun. My buddy was trying to cut from like 230 to like 190 something. Dang. It was a huge cut. That's a very good cut. And he, he, he did really good. I feel like he gets, yeah. like, he. Oh, he got yeah, stuck he hard. Sick, dude. Like, he did get sick. Like, yeah. like Juan, Juan, if you're, if you're listening to this, he's just like, he's like old school, like, got like Filipino mentality. So it was just like, he just did a power through it. And like he ate nothing but like meatballs from Ikea because I told him to basically go like high protein, yeah. low carb like for no like three carbs. months. Dude, I bet he ran the dog out of the house with farts. Oh my gosh, <laughs> meatballs? Oh my gosh. Uh, That's probably the cleanest <laughs> thing he ate, <laughs> honestly, those three months. I was cutting for a fight one time. And um, I had, this is so bad. In 36 hours, I cut 29 pounds. Oh. What were you fighting at? What weight? 170. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like six foot. And I walk around. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a and lot that's, of weight. I walk around less than that, but I mean, legit, like the whole day, I just didn't drink water. I would train for 30 minutes yeah. in the sauna, get out for 30 minutes, and I worked at LA Fitness and time. My manager, Katie, who actually, um, I think she manages uh, one of the UFC gyms in Orlando now. Uh, small world. Crazy small world. And I was eating on a head of lettuce. That's what I had the whole day with a head of lettuce. Oh my god! Dude. So I was eating it, and then she came uh, at noon. So I was like, yeah, "How much?" And she's like, "What you mushing on an apple?" And I was just like, "Lettuce." And she showed her the end of it, and she was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Don't talk to me today." <laughs> you're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> you're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, dude, dude, I, I don't so have words today. Yeah. Like, just 
Well, that's why you don't want to become a millennial because I think it's just, there is like this, this association with people who are considered millennials that don't want to put in the effort to do something that ridiculous. There's for sure association. There is, yeah. it's absolutely, and, and I, I, I relate to that. And, and I, um, I was in this big like business networking group and they were like, oh, you're a millennial, do you know that? And I'm like, oh, God, you're right at the cutoff. I'm like, yeah, but I was born in a different country. Like yeah, my mentality yeah. about things is way different. Like my parents, are very old school approach. Yeah. yeah. No, my parents yeah. didn't do shit. Like, yeah. Basically, it's like, dad told me the first day I started swimming down here at the Sharks, he's like, if I ever have to wake you up for morning practice, I'll be the last day you swim. Yep. And if you ever decide to quit, here's a list of everything you own. <laughs> Alright, like, dang, yeah. <laughs> okay. Get it to work. Yeah. And I never missed a practice. Like, I literally swam meets with, I've told my podcast this, like, I've literally swam meets with the flu. Like, throw up, like, in between races. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And the coach was like, we can take you home. Like, we can put you on the bus and, like, send you home. But, like, no, my team needs me. It's almost like, like a hype I get off of those like, situations, like, too. No, yeah. like, no, my team needs me. Like, I need to be on relays. Like, who else is going to swim the bus? I, like, like nobody but me. Yeah. I'm like that's all. You were literally puking in between races. I'm like, I got Gatorade, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh dude, when, the, like, when the deck yeah. is stacked against you, it's <laughs> like you, you can take now you can shift to that yeah. sixth gear. You're like, yeah. sure it, you it also gives you a boost because like I was still swimming fast. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, dude, if I feel like shit and I'm still beating people, that's awesome. That's yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it, it like it kind of messes with people. They're like, dude, that kid's puking in the gutter every single race. Like, and he's still, still winning. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is going on? My team, like, yeah. Obviously, like my teammates were like, dude, just, just stay away from me until it's time for the race. Like, <laughs> like thankfully, like they would like, like we're supposed to be six feet apart. There's like, like when we're stacked up on the like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a fish. It's the camera it's thing. It's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> It's like we're, compressing. We're practicing social distancing, yeah. right? Social distancing? Yeah. 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 So far, <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. But like, you know, first three legs of the relay would be like really close. Yeah. And like, they're like, Mark, you stay back there. Like, we don't want to catch your flu or whatever you got. Yeah, get back there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's how it would be. And like, I'm like, hey, like, how long is this race? You're like, it's like, Mark, it's the four by 200. So like, yeah. you got time. I'm like, okay. Like I'm gonna go nap. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I just like I, I was just like like be all woozy. Like, dude, you sure you can swim this race? I'm like, yeah, I got it. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, awesome. dude, as long as you touch first, like, we don't care. But like, seriously, like, we're Success. concerned about your health. I'm like, dude, we got it. Fine. Yeah. Fine. That's cool. And I think it's like I mentioned about the whole finality of of failing. I think that I mean, there's a very physiological reason why like your body freaks out is because it literally thinks it's gonna die. Oh but yeah. Then, but then when you prove it yourself that you're like not gonna die well, you also have to like a new place or like, like for me like one of the enjoy. driving points too is like i didn't want to fail my teammates <sighs> yeah so like i had like yeah i was that's a big one yeah, yeah. yeah. That like, I, yeah, yeah. generally is like it's a you on yeah. the platform and mostly yeah. like mostly swimming other than relays yes yeah. a solo sport like yeah like i i i mean i didn't care who you were i was gonna race you but when it came to relays like i can't let down my team. Yeah, I have to execute. Yeah, I have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want this to be on me. I don't want to be the reason why, you know, we don't win nationals because we lost this relay. Like, mm. Dude, I stopped playing football in high school because I felt like I was trying harder than the teammates, and they're like, "I'm just gonna chop block." I'm like, "That's yeah. not honorable." Like, yeah. And then they wouldn't do the conditioning. They wouldn't do the extra weight practices. I'm like, "You guys yeah. don't try." Like, I'm not See, doing this. Like, on, well, when we when I talk about like my nationals, like the Sharks, the, our club team. Mm. The reason why we got together and won nationals our first year and my sophomore year 
was because the girls, the girls team and the coaches wrote us the entire year. Yeah. They gave a shit. The girls team were like, oh, we're better than you. And I'm like, you didn't score any points last national. Like, why are you giving me shit? Like, You're not allowed to talk smack. Yeah, it was like, well, I was on the girls team and we went to nationals and we won. And you guys didn't do anything. And the coach is like, yep, girls are they're like a team. They're also not lying. Yeah. And you're like, dang it. Facts. <laughs> so basically we had a couple senior guys who were like, dude, F this. Like, we're going to be just as equal. Like, we're going to work just as hard as the girls team. Like, we do work just as hard. We just need to find two some things. Yeah. And it's like, you younger boys need to step up. Yeah. Like, okay. He's like, Mark, like, you're one of the faster short distance guys, like sprinters. Yeah. Step it up. It's like, that 200 fly needs to be yours. You need to own it. I'm like. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So what else are you going to yeah, say? Like, I'm like, I think I'm better than I can say. It right so I was like, all right. Let's, like, let's I, go. I stepped up to the plate and they're like, dude, I don't care if you get seventh, like, as long as you're in the top eight, like, score. Yeah. That's cool. So I was like, all right. Do my part. Yeah. You guys see a common thread right here between three successful human beings that are still in their 20s <laughs> and this hard work. Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you're watching and if you are younger, yeah. like, there's, we might sound like old heads, but we're so. <laughs> Sometimes they're right. I might be old, actually. I, I get a lot from you know my dad. Like you know, he's he's probably one of the bigger influences. Like a lot of my coaches, uh, they're definitely um, you know Coach Yoke was a huge influence. He was probably other than my dad, probably the most intimidating person I've ever met. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I told you a story real quick, like you know earlier. Like he's like, look, I don't coach anybody who doesn't swim anything over two hundred. All right, over yeah. He's like, if you don't swim with 200, like, I'm not coaching you. So I'm yeah. like, all right, shit, like, I gotta swim. He's like, you ever swim with 200 fly? And I'm like, no. He's like, all right, well, first practice, you're doing it. Yeah. And he made me do it in front of everyone. Like, not only have I not swam that event, like, I never swam anything over 100 yards before. So I was like, shit, like, how do you, like, I had remember had a teammate, like, Nick Perez. I'm like, he's like, look, don't be a hero. Just pace it. Yeah. And, like, I still to this day, I don't know what pace means. So I just go... Hold on for dear life, basically. Yeah. After the first hundred. That's a pace. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of pace. Some kind of pace. Don't, yeah. don't stop. Yeah. yeah. Just right. basically, like, and I had the mental fortitude to where, like, look, I'm not going to be the kid who, I'm not going to be the wing link. I, I hated that. Like, I, I was already singled out as it is, being the black dolphin yes. in the group. Yeah. Like, the only chip in the cookie, as my dad would say. <laughs> um, like, I just didn't want to. Is that your dad's wife? Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> uh, I told you, my, my dad is so filthy, so. Oh my god. <laughs> His dad's tough, man. Dude, <laughs> only chip is I didn't want them to think any less of me, if that makes yeah, sense. Of course. Like, especially of course. like at 14, 15 years old. So I, dude, and it was good because like I had, that group was so supportive. Like even though like I got ran over almost every day in practice, like my freshman year. <laughs> yeah. They were so supportive, like, dude, it's gonna get easier. Like, you're you're probably gonna be one of the top level swimmers. Like, you, you keep this up, and just stay with it. Because for my first week, I wanted to quit so bad. Yeah. And like, my coach pulled me aside. He's like, look, you're gonna get better. It's gonna get easier. And some of the senior guys who were on their way on their way out out the door to college, you're like, you stick with it. Like, this this program is gonna bring you so much more benefit. Like, you're yeah. you're gonna succeed here. So. You know, thank you for like, my older teammates, you know, Brian Creed, uh, Seth Daniels, like they, they, they all helped me out so much more, like so much that you guys don't understand. So um, you guys really made an impact in my life, how I got to where I am, so. Well, what's cool is you're, you're able to pass that on. And like yeah, I said, exactly. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's like all these challenges, yeah. yeah. So yeah. speaking of that position, 
he uh, he had a kid make him cry. Yeah. He didn't um, tell that story. So I taught swim lessons all through high school, um, like especially during the summer because it was a very easy job and I needed something that was between the hours of 10 p.m. and 5 p.m. for practices. Work. So I taught swim lessons at the YMCA and um, I had a student, uh, Mikey, who had cerebral palsy, he was five years old. And, um, five years old? Yeah, five years old. And he was the happiest kid. Like, he he didn't know that anything was wrong with him. That's and, like, Yeah, which is like That's the awesome. greatest joy. Yeah, ultimate yeah, innocence. Yeah, yeah, ultimate innocence. Yeah. Yeah. I never treated him like anything was wrong with him. Like, I was like, hey, Mikey, you ready to come swim with me? He's like, yeah, I'm ready to come swim with you. And, like, like, his parents, like, you know, He's like, I want to play with the other kids. Like, I, they they're running around and everything. Like, he have to walk in like a walker, like you know, wearing crutches and stuff. And like, I, I, I'm just like, I, you know, at five years old, like I, I could, I could run and I could do all these things. I I couldn't imagine like being in his position. And like, I just felt I just felt for him, but he didn't see anything wrong with him. So I, I don't know how to respond. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm, you know, Mikey, like we're gonna make it a goal of the summer to, you know, for you to like go around with those kids and play with them. He's like, you think I could do that? I'm like, dude, you can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. And like, thankfully that I'm, I'm feeling a little nice with the whiskey right now because I probably in his ears a little bit. But, um, Don't cry. Like, yeah, like, Don't you know, I've worked with him all summer for, for like, two, like every day for two months. And you know, by the end of summer, like he came into the pool deck one day without his crutches. He's like, Mark, look what I can do. And he's we're literally running down the pool, like, Mikey, don't run, you're going to slip. But I was like, I was literally on, like, in tears. He's like, why are you crying? I was like, I'm just, I'm just happy for you. Yeah. I got dust in my eyes. It's His, his parents were like, dude, thank you so much for, you know, and like, he's probably. I was so, uh, yeah, dude, he's probably almost in college now. Like I heard he was playing baseball. He's out in Arizona now. That's like, wild. That's crazy. so cool, yeah. dude. It's so yeah. trippy now. Like, so that that was probably a pivotal thing yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Like just to set that first goal. And like, oh, man, he's such a happy kid. And like it just, I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just talk about something else? He's like such a happy kid. And he just, you know, innocence of the world. Like just, he deserves to be happy. Yeah, he, yeah. he deserves. Yeah. You, know, you don't yeah. deserve to be much happy. Yeah. You yeah. deserve. Yeah, like. I don't know how the other kids treated him. Like I know kids can be cruel, but like he was just so happy that like, I don't think it really powered him. Yeah. But then the fact that like at the end of the summer he like run around, like even yeah. if it was for a short distance, he's like I can't go that far. I'm like, oh, that's, dude, that's like, yeah. 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 But so, you, but you can go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was awesome. And like you know, he's like he's like thank you so much for taking me swimming every day. And I'm like, dude. Like, thank you. It's almost like, yeah. like you feel thankful for the experience. Yeah. Because, like you know, it yeah. really, like, opened my eyes, like, helping other people. And, like, that was, like, kind of, like, my first piece of being a coach and, like, giving back to other people. So. Yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. in the avenue that you enjoyed, too. Like, swimming yeah. was a passion. So obviously, to be yeah. able to share that with someone that's easier yeah. to relate, I feel like. Yeah. Like, like he's, you know, he was, he was so grateful for everything. Like, I've, I've coached other people. And, like, I've coached, like, I've coached. Military candidates, I coach like you know, I coach the Navy SEAL. Like it, nothing brings that that much joy to me than you know, coaching Mikey. It's like that was so impactful, like yeah. especially for his life. Like, I mean, who doesn't want to you know, yeah. play with their peers and like be able to do what they can do? So yeah, that's 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 probably the driving force behind us. You asked me earlier, like, yeah. what's going on? How I've been doing with the business and all that yeah. stuff, and then why I've picked this up. Um, 
And I told you that part of it was because I just kept, I looked around at what I was doing. And it's like, I keep doing this all the time every year. Yeah. And it's not, it's not nearly to the level of the scale of like a success that I see in my mind. And that's just a matter of consistency. But the other part of it was just, um, I had that con I had the conversation um, with Mark where we started training. And he had mentioned that he just wanted to start training other people. Yeah. And started to, to coach people. And I think it was, for me, what it was, it's like this notion of legacy had been banging around my mind for a while. And I think maybe it's because I'm getting older, whatever. But he mentioned that it's like, it's just, it's this idea of like leaving this legacy of, of looking beyond your own selfish chips or whatever you want to call it, this like weight on your shoulders and then doing something that, that, that cause, cause you had that moment earlier. You said you were like in high school, right? Or yeah, wrote, yeah, I was yeah. 16, yeah. You were so 16 when you had yeah. that experience. And like, I hadn't had these experiences until probably like my, uh, late 20s well that's when I kind of got out of just training myself and then I was like I'm gonna go and train people because that'd be interesting to do and then that's when I when I trained uh, the kid with the uh, scoliosis yeah um, and I wonder I wonder is that like kind of the driving force behind you because you mentioned something about building something here on the, on the East Coast yeah um, and we'll get into that yeah is that the driving force behind behind that project with that idea yeah so the driving force behind it is kind of that epiphany of like the strongest people that that discrepancy between what i understood strength to be and what it took to get there versus what i agreed with my beliefs my selflessness versus selfish versus top of the pyramid in terms of strength so um if you guys are familiar with the gym our model is strength and character forged by iron you know like a 405 bench or like a 600 squat or whatever like that's science and moving and it's just yeah. like it's like if you put the work in, you're good. You know, like it's it's just it's just mechanics. Like, yeah. And you don't have to be a strong person to lift that amount of weight. Is the point basically, right? So. Um, That's a really interesting point. Yeah. The body adapts. Exactly. But then the, just, the, the, the fundamentals are the same. Yeah, it's predictable and it's hard work, and that's just yeah, it's science. I like it. Like, like anyone can run that and get stronger. Like if you work hard enough, yeah. like you're gonna get strong, but it doesn't make you a good person. So yeah. um, the whole the whole purpose <laughs> of the gym is like we want to be strong people. I want to build a strong person, not just a strong lifter. Like, I think you'd get along with um, Ben Bergeron. Have you heard? Have oh, you heard I'm a, yeah, I'm a fan of Bergeron. Yeah, so his, one of his quotes is, um, better people make better athletes. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to your slogan. Yes, I'm a big fan of Bergeron, yeah. actually. I, I, when I did do it, I did a lot of CrossFit, and Bergeron yeah. was one of the guys I looked at. Yeah. Like, a lot Have you read his book, Chasing Excellence? Nope. I have not. Definitely, definitely read. Yeah? Yeah, very good. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. A very, it's a pretty short book, but... It's it's very very impactful. Yeah, he's he's got good literature and a lot of his theology behind training and like what he's doing, what he's doing is, is like solid. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, uh, I, I I enjoy his book. Like I I, I follow comp training, so I do a lot of like, his workouts and stuff. Like the workout I did today, like the, um, the yeah, which I'm you got it done. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it happens. But yeah, I didn't miss. I didn't end on a miss though. The, so I I dropped down to two twenty five. The work continues, so, and you have yeah. more uh, more opportunities to to prove to yourself exactly. that you're pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So what are you working on? It's uh well, it's kind of like extrapolating that idea, and then owning a powerlifting gym. I'm mainly powerlifting, so and by mainly I mean only. I've got a couple. Like I'm trying to. Couple, like, I come from a store like. I, I kind of hate the term, but I kind of get into like sport-specific training. Mm -hmm. Like um, there are certain aspects that transfer across sports, like yeah. just fitness transfer. And then you know you get into the more specific position drills, regardless. 
Um, I've been mainly a powerlifter and strength coach for a long time now. Like I've been coaching people since I was 18. I'm 29, so I have like 11 solid years of wow. coaching people. Wow! Yeah. crap! Three of those were spent in a professional facility. Like I've worked out with Tebow twice. Like I mean, we were brushing elbows with these caliber of athletes, yeah. and it's really cool. Um, <clears throat> but in owning a powerlifting gym and having that knowledge, I'm like, I feel I felt one-dimensional, kind of, sort of, which which is okay. I can make as much difference in powerlifting as I feel like I can make. Yeah. But in owning this gym, you know, it's the gym is super old school, so it's attracted some of the old school bodybuilders yeah. and the Olympic lifters. Industries I'm not as familiar with. Yeah. You know, you know, like just levels of lifting that like I know, but I'm I don't want to specialize in. Yeah. And now, you know, it's I think it's a it's a vision that's easily agreeable with that a strong person is more important than you know a strong lifter. I feel yeah. like that's very easy to relate to. So that's very transferable. Yeah. For sure, yeah. you know, and it's like it's attracting people from other disciplines in the lifting community that also mm. exhibit physical strength, and it's kind of extrapolated to the point to where like some amazing people are in this inner circle now that really believe in this vision, and I'm only equipped for powerlifting. So, um, you know, anyone who's watched like Ronnie Coleman, Unbelievable, mm. or like Pumping Iron, you know, yeah. like Gold's Venice, Metroflex, Arlington, in Texas, like. Mm. These are the gyms, you know, and almost all of them are on the West Coast. We don't really have many on the East Coast. We have Powerhouse Tampa. There's a couple up north that are okay, but, like, there's no, like, destination Dallas yeah. on the East Coast of the United States of America. So it's like, I'm with these people now that, one, I believe in. Two, they believe in this vision. I believe this vision is unique because no one's doing it. Yeah. No one's doing it. Like, people are talking about it, but there's not, a, there's not Dude, like, you can actual... be, like, the Disney World of... <laughs> Lifting, <laughs> dude, you're you're in basically yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. literally you can be like, I dude, I'd run I'd be like the Disney World fucking lifting. That would be like my catchphrase. Like, <laughs> yeah. like your East Coast Mecca, Disney World lifting. Boom. Yeah, yeah, and that's five factor. That's literally what we're trying yeah. to build now. Is um, we're going through. You know, this is you know a few years down the road. So if you're listening, you're getting like you're getting the heads up for real <laughs> on this because this is totally going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, it's a facility with the disciplines of. Powerlifting, Olympic lifting, bodybuilding, probably MMA as well. Um, Let's get a couple, excuse me, fighters interested in doing something like this. And um, we all agree with that same division of like the definition of strength in the industry should be extrapolated into the person, not just the athlete, if that makes sense. So um, we're playing with names right now um, Eastside Mecca. Eastside Mecca. Eastside yeah. Mecca and Redefining Strength is looking like the slogan. So that's kind of what we're going for. That's, that's the good. facility name with which each one of these leaders in the industry, you know, we've got powerlifting, we've got weightlifting, we're going to have bodybuilding um, and probably MMA as well. There's like two or three coaches each side that really, are, they're going to be able to own and operate and brand themselves okay. under that facility's roof with mm-hmm. the similar message of Redefining Strength. Like, how are you helping? How are you giving back? Like, you're a strong yeah. athlete. How are you a strong person now? Yeah, that's awesome. And like, that's, I, I that's feel like... Yeah, definitely the world needs more of that. Like, and yeah, um, that's awesome. Like that, that's to me that that's the definition of like a real athlete, real person. Cause like you I think so? It's something that's missing. I feel like I, my podcast knows like I, I hate professional sports. Like I, I I just don't like it. Like I feel a lot of athletes lose their soul to like the almighty dollar, and they they, they lose they lose part of themselves. So like college sports, I love because they they still have passion for it and they they still care, but. The incentive when, is different. Yeah, it's no longer the incentive or yeah. the job. Yeah, it's, they, you know, it's, you know, I have pride in my team and everything. It's somehow it's lost in the professional realm. I mean, you can disagree with me all you want, but the facts are in the pudding. Yeah, like, have you been there? If you disagree, yeah. have you been there? Yeah. Have you worked with these people? Yeah. That'd be my first question yeah. for you. Because, like, I mean, that's you know, the first If you want to join the podcast and explain, you know, 
that you know tell me that I'm completely wrong. Then by all means, yeah, like I I see it and like it, there's a change in like these athletes where they you know as soon as they sniff a little bit of money, it's you know they're they're totally different person. There's so, there's a series on yeah. YouTube. How did you spend your first million dollars? And like the fact that that is a huge portion of the media of professional athletics is like okay, so that's that's a focus. It may not be mm -hmm. the focus for some of them, but it's a focus. Yeah. What? How much fun did you have making this money? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, and like like we yeah. go back to the mentor thing. Like a lot of you, like Alan Iverson had a mentor where he's like, listen, you're only getting this amount of money a month. Yeah. And that's all you're getting. And like I'm gonna manage your money, and that's why Allen Iverson, like, other than a couple of like little hiccups, he was fairly successful. Yeah. And you know he's he has money at the end of his career, like he's retired. Yeah. He's smart and he's still comfortable. He had a mentor and he he had somebody control his money because like a lot of people, a lot of athletes don't have that. And like college, they they have this uh, like freshman orientation to have um it's called Fat Tuesdays. Every Tuesday you meet in the Moore Center, because I went to Florida State, so you meet in the Moore Center, and they basically tell you how to be a, like a professional athlete. It's like, hey, go to class, do this. It's like, listen, these are the things that are gonna get you hooked up. Like, you see these athletes with, uh, you know, beer bottles and like glass. Buried with a lot of things, so you get buried with, you're putting pot and you start with cheap tuxedo, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna get buried with a bottle. <laughs> Like the ground, so you're like, let me out. Like, oh, my mind's gonna be hilarious. All sorts of jokes at my funeral, but yeah, most people, <laughs> most people, you know, yeah, cheap tuxedo and some dust, dude. That's what's going with you. <laughs> so, but um, I feel like it's very important to like have mentors in your life to help you succeed. Yeah, like, a lot of people just they don't have that, and I, I feel like you know, throughout my life and my athletic, especially throughout my athletic career, I feel like it's fairly strong when you did. In any aspect of life, really, like whether you're in sports or academics or, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially, you know, being a successful business owner, um, or any part of your like any job you have, you really yeah. need to have some kind of mentor. I 100% agree. Yeah, that's that's part of the aspiration with what we're trying to do with this. Is um, I mean, even us reaching out to you and coming over here was like, I mean, it was weeks in the making. But it was part of the idea was that you have a different perspective, and every individual person that we come into contact with has a different perspective, whether it's, cool. it's Ray or whoever guest we happen to have on here. And I mean, you've just been, honestly, like, you're by far one of the most electric, uh, most energetic people that we have ever had on. Dude, thank you. Yeah, um, like that. It's a, and, it, and it really speaks to. It's like the rock. Well, you know, Here to electrify. Well, really, what's, what's really cool is that you mentioned that, like, um, again, like I'm gonna go back to the whole notion of like you kind of just get past lifting with a chip on your shoulder. Um, one of the did you actually lift at Westside at some point? No, um, I have. Uh, okay, one, two. I have five friends who have lifted at Westside, and mm. I know that if I walked in with them, I'd be able to lift there. Gotcha. No okay. problem. But yeah. um, I. Generally, and it's different now too, because it used to be strict, strict, and you move up there and you train, or you don't lift there. Yeah. And, and now, you know, with the media and everything, like he has a lot of guests come in. If you're a coach, you can go in and just talk to Louis for free. He doesn't charge crap. Yeah. You literally just walk in and talk to him. Yeah. But in terms of training, I, I know it's a place I could absolutely go train. Yeah. Well, that, 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 I mean, that's that's something I want to touch on too. Like, I definitely like I, I have this pressure on myself that I'd like to be able to go there and actually talk to 
Louis at least some time yeah. before he croaks. Cause the guy's like, just it well, seems like he's on he's his last legs. At the legend status at this point, because yeah. he's, he's like the Godfather. Powerless. And they're like holding yeah. that guy together with like pins and rods and yeah. like all, <laughs> yeah. and like medication. And I, like, I'm a firm believer. My God. Like, like one of the things I, I learned from swimming because I've been blessed with the opportunities to go to a whole bunch of different places and meet a whole bunch of different athletes. Yeah. You learn from every athlete because everyone has a different background from you. Mm -hmm. And like I'm a firm believer, like having podcasts, like talking to different people, like you learn a little bit about them, like what they do and like what you can implement in your training and things like that. And like I learned things from just from you teaching deadlifts, I learned things from sumo deadlifts that yeah. I never knew. That's cool. So like just you know things like that. And like the reason why I got into podcasting was one I had a I literally had a dream like two nights in a row that I had a podcast. Yeah. And two like I just love because I I've become a vicarious reader as I've gotten older. So, so which is weird because I, I you couldn't get me to read a book in high school to save my life, <laughs> which is crazy. But um, yeah, like I, I feel like people's experiences and their their wealth of knowledge is so transferable now, and like you're, you're basically getting the summary of every book they read just by talking to them. Mm. You, know, you guys know who Ty Lopez is? Yeah. So he's a little gimmicky with his ads, but I've taken a few courses from him. And the one quote he said that, that really kind of stuck in my head, he's, uh, he said, make friends in the world and make friends with the dead. And I, was, and I didn't understand that. Yeah. And like, he goes on in like, the next few minutes in his video, he talks about, he was like, read books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think of that? Like, yeah. make friends with the dead. Like, you can literally like, see the, the thinking process mm -hmm. of these great humans <laughs> that have lived you know, hundreds yeah. of years before us. And like... And you can pull from it and relate yeah. to it, and, it, and it's kind of cool because, like, like scientists, I'm not, I'm not a scientist. Like, yeah, like I can watch and evaluate movement, but I'm by no means like a PhD. Like, yeah, yeah. You're a swimmer. I'm a power lifter. Like, and we're sitting here talking about the same exact, the same exact values and gratifications yeah. we get out of training. Like, there's some universal stuff there too. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. regardless of how different the sport is, like, there's the human experience of being an athlete that is just transferable. And it's like it's cool to see that, but making friends with the dead and reading. Yeah. 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 Dude, it, it's so bad. Like, like, I'm always a big proponent. Like, my mom was a history teacher growing up, so I've always been a fan of like, history and looking up different civilizations and stuff. One of, my, yeah. one of my favorite civilizations that I think, like, there's a lot of things that we can take <clears> from them uh -huh. is the ancient Spartans. I was about to yeah, say Spartans. This is Sparta. Spartans. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I believe, like, the women were expected to keep up with the men. Yeah. Um, Only Spartan women. Yeah. Give yeah. birth to real men. Yeah. Exactly. And like <laughs> that, you know, that value and like the men were basically bred to serve the country and like they're and like that. I feel like that's lost now. I think it is too. I think I, it is. I, I'm not going to be, I, I promise I'm not going to be. Stepping we can go into the If you want to like, pull up a chair, people. Yeah. Come on. I, I, <laughs> it, it's just, there's. They rooted out softness like from an early age. So basically, if you were to form your discarded, which I don't, I don't believe because I, I, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a cat, I'm Catholic, so like, I'm a firm believer in faith, and like, you know, God made you the way you are. Like, there's you're the way you're supposed yeah, to be for a reason. Yeah, for a reason. Yeah, like no matter, you know, what what's going on with you. But yeah, some of it's just a byproduct of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of it's just yeah. You just <laughs> You just got born just, jacked up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're a human. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to uh, welcome to biology. But like you know, they 
know, everything was in service for the, you know, for the country and basically were instilled like, you know, my, my greatest honor is to serve my country and, you know, pray to whoever they prayed. I, I think there was like a split between Athena and Aries, which mm -hmm. the ones were the Grecian deities. Yeah, the ones were praying to Aries were a little more fucked up, but um, <laughs> you know, okay. there's there like, because I, I like mythology, because like this is stuff my mom used to read me before I went to bed. She read yeah. me a story about Aries he used to like cover his blanket was the skins of the men he slain in battle. Yeah. It's a heavy like, blanket. Yeah, I was like, it's my why, dog's why, name. Why for that? Why would you tell me the story? Like I'm five years good old. Good night. Like, you're like, yeah, good night, mom. Yeah. Love you yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I'm gonna have like nightmares. It's <laughs> 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 very, very. My favorite civilization to listen to or to read about. Thing. And, like, I feel like there's aspects of their culture that you brought to. I like the honor, I like the honesty, I like the real, yeah. mm. and I like the non-insulting yeah. too. Like, the, and like, well, they fat shamed, which people don't know. Like, ah, oh, interesting. They, I didn't know that. They did. Yeah. So they <laughs> gave. So at a certain age. I think when you entered the Agogi at seven years old, you were given a red tunic, and it was, you know, a certain size. And if you out, you didn't get another tunic after that. So yeah, if you outgrew that tunic, they they made you like you need to eat less, and they gave they made you hungry. So like they gave you smaller portions and like yeah. food that was distasteful. So you were forced. You were forced kind of to steal, and if you got caught stealing, like there would be severe punishment. Obviously, yeah. So. They, they fat shamed, they took, you know, they they made you pull out reeds to make your bed, like river reeds out of the, you know, to make your bed, and like they, they had all this, you know, just crazy stuff that totally makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, people went back to kind of that way of thinking, and I think the world would be better off. But. Yeah, I think it, part of it is um, in in the Greek mentality, is like this is notion of stoicism, and, and stoicism, like, goes across different, like you said, like, there are just commonalities across different perspectives and different yeah. uh, visions in, in the world. And uh, stoicism, or, or you want to call it like mindfulness in, in like the East, um, it's just this, this idea it's that you like. In the East. It's, like it's, it's not, no, I mean like. It's more like way of life. Well, the interesting thing about like I've discovered about um, mindfulness and meditation is that it really is a lot closer to stoicism in that, like you said, the Spartans are making their beds out of reeds. And in stoicism, there's a practice where you actually tr like pick a day I think it was out of the week where you live with the sparsest amount of, of like you get to the, the worst possible po idea of what you think your life could be and you live that day um, with the worst clothes, the worst circumstances, the worst food or no food just to prove to yourself that you're okay. And I think that's what athleticism has sort of shown all of us yeah. is that in spite of the challenges that come before you. I'd, I haven't particularly had any challenge, any like injuries. I know you have. I'm not sure like your list of injuries, and but to strive yes. for the big I, numbers that you've been doing for. Let me go off of injuries a little real quick, like because this is something that my dad will not get through his head. He, he does like I used to CrossFit and like do. I still practice a little bit lifting. He's like, so you're gonna get yourself hurt. I'm like, listen, I never hurt myself lifting. Knock on wood. Yeah. But um, like if you do anything at an extreme level or at a high level, a mm -hmm. highly competitive level, you're gonna get injured. Like, there's no way around it. Riding the line. Um, I've got concussion swimming. Mm. Don't ask me how I did it. It just happened. Like, I, I you know, I... There's a level yeah. of athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. When you're going to compete at the highest level, your goal yeah. is not health. Yeah. Damn health. Yeah. When 
Yeah. That's that's if, if you talk to a true athlete, a true competitor, no. they don't want to be healthy. It's no. not healthy. What's first place? Yeah. What do I do? That, yeah. What do I forgot yeah. to do to get there? Like, yeah. that's Pushing the limits. For eight years, like my my sole goal was touch my hand on the wall first. Yeah. That was it. I mean, yeah. you're not thinking like, man. You're not uh, is my cortisol going to spike after this? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. nothing longer. That's not good. Yeah. No, freaking when? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, an, it's an entirely different mindset. And to the normal human being who hasn't experienced something like that, it's a very foreign way of thought. And for yeah. people like us, it's very it is. natural. It is. Yeah. Most people, it, whether you agree with it or not, doesn't matter. I'm telling you that that is the mindset that exists in the type of people that want to be number one. That's, that's, and that's straight up. And that's what also sets you apart. Not necessarily if you're just a normal person, I want to say. It's what's going to inevitably lead you to higher levels of success because it's the willingness to face adversity or failure or whatever you want to call it that is going to challenge you to become a better person. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned swimming when you were sick. Yeah. Um, I've been watching the show called um, Formula One Drive to Survive. Yeah, well, Formula and, One's real. And oh man, there's, a, there's a, this kid, the current driver for Mercedes is Lewis Hamilton. Black kid, similar challenges being a black kid uh, driving for in a sport that's predominantly white, predominantly affluent. Um, he grew up in in, in uh, his English kid, yeah, London. London. Yeah, and uh, his shout out to Matt Shed, one of my teammates. He's, he's from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he grew up with like all these same challenges, and his dad worked four jobs and like sacrificed his entire life to be able to support his kid through this thing. And you know, it's just like it's it's what encourages someone like Lewis to have like a hundred and four fever, I think, in one of the episodes. Yeah. And he's like, I have to drive. And you're sitting in a car, like dressed in like a full body suit. And you're like, strapped in. And you're strapped in like, you're like this. <laughs> and you're like, you have, like, he's the top, like number one athlete in the world. That's so cool. And, and like, he doesn't do, he didn't do well for this particular race. But like, he has to really strive to, to do his absolute best. And it's not, it's not a matter of health because at some point, it always blows my mind when, if I encourage someone to, to train or to eat healthier, I know that they probably have a habit of spending minimum $100 a weekend just getting wasted. Probably. And yet if you ask them, do. if you ask them to spend $100 a week to buy healthier foods, it's like, no, I can't do that. Like $40 on protein and like 20 on a, on a, like a multi. Yeah. Yeah. $60 a month. And they're like, no, I can't do that. Like, I, maybe I need to go see my doctor. For protein? <laughs> what did you do this weekend? Oh, you know. You know. I got, oh, it's a rager. So my old roommate. He's like, dude, why do you spend a hundred dollars a month on CrossFit? I was like, what do you spend? What do you spend on the weekend drinking? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. I like two hundred dollars. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. That's two months yeah. of CrossFit for me. He's like, this sentence is done. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that makes sense. Moved it like, to me. Listen, I have total gym access, seven days a week. Yeah. I have somebody write my work, my program for me. I don't have to think about it. I look the way I look because I work hard and I'm, I'm following the program. I'm following. The plan, yeah. yeah. So I uh, trust the process. Like that was one of the biggest, you know, quotes. Like, don't be mediocre and trust the process. And yeah. I trust the process, and I got me, you know, super strong, like stronger than I ever. I was, I would definitely say, like, post college me was healthier than college me. Yeah, for sure. And like, if I, if I knew the stuff that I know now, when I was in college competing, I'd be totally different answer. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's I think that's what we have the opportunity yeah. to do with things like this. This is why I want to get back in coaching like yeah. if I have a kid who is like me who had the same drive like me cuz I, I I mean I always go back and I tell Mark and I was like there's very few athletes that are made like us now. Like they just they okay. uh, I 
I haven't seen it. Like they don't have the same drive as we did. Same, but you know what's scary about that is the talent pool is even bigger now. I know. Yeah. The media's yeah. blown up, and now the awareness is huge, and the talent pool, yeah. talent pool is so much bigger. A lot so of retail just separates more and more. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's that's the separator now. It's not genetics. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like you can like something, but like yeah. whatever. You know, it's like there's so many more people involved in it now. So it's like the hard work makes more and more and more yeah. and more difference. Like you have less and less perfect storm athletes like that got in at the right time, had yeah. a great coach from day one. You know, like. There's yeah. less and less and less and less and less of that, even with the growing talent pool, because I feel like hard work is the main factor that's missing a little yeah. bit, you know? I think like these talks are so productive for anyone who's listening that's like, if you have any sort of aspiration that's like sports related, yeah. you can outwork. I am not built for powerlifting, and I am one of the top guys like in my weight class. Like, <laughs> you can get really high without that 1% yeah. genetic potential you feel like you need. Like, I feel like Dave Hoff is the only perfect storm athlete in powerlifting. Legit, like, the only one. And maybe Taylor Atwood. But there's so few of them. It's like yeah. hard work literally yeah. dictates yeah. the winner at this point in time in athleticism. 5'10", that's a sword. Yeah. I'm black. They're stacked against you. The average time in my college team was 6'4". Like, Shows like I was shorter than a lot of the girls on the, on the swim team. Yeah. You know, a lot of the girls came in at like 5'11, 5'10. Yeah. You know, or something. We had one girl was 6'1. Six, six, That's a huge bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a huge bitch. <laughs> I couldn't let that go. Yeah, they're fast. Like, you know, they're, not, they're like the nicest girls in the world. Yeah. And like, I had a teammate who's 6'10. Like, how, how am I supposed That's to The insane. guy is literally a foot taller than me. How am I supposed That's to insane. race? That's and you know he's six ten. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. We call him Twiggy. God, his <laughs> nickname. Yeah, super nice dude. Man. He's like, dude, you work hard, man. And I'm like, thanks, bro. Like, appreciate yeah, it. Thanks, bro. Appreciate hey. it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, yeah, yeah, I'm used to less oxygen. You're yeah. basically less <laughs> helping at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but like, yeah, like I, I mean, I think that chip on my shoulder kind of drove me through like eight years of my career because I had something to prove. Yeah, but like, it definitely. Shifted after, you know, and I actually swam like a year or two of uh, master's post college. Yeah. Just because I wanted to be in Because I missed out an entire year, like, because they canceled my scholarships. Or I, I missed out on, like, what could have been. Yeah. And uh, I actually swam master 100 times in college than I did in college. That's pretty rare. Yeah. Wow. Well, I couldn't swim 200 anymore, so I had to focus all my energy in another event. Yeah. Other things yeah. in life, yeah. 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 Well, I kind of swam the 200. I swam the 200 at Masters Nationals. I it was just awful. Like I knew everything felt wrong. Yeah. Like the like the first hundred, I was like, all right, I I can maybe skate away with this last hundred. Yeah. And I pushed off the 151. I was like, dude, I can't get my shoulder out of the water, so I'm just gonna kick. <laughs> so I literally, I literally, I, I I know for myself, I cheated because I kicked more than 15 yards off the wall. Yeah. But the refs didn't call it. So is it cheating? No. If you, I, I feel like if you know, yeah, if you know it's wrong, it's cheating. Yeah. But I, I literally couldn't get my arm out of the water, so I, I you know, 20 yards off the wall, yeah. and then kind of got what you could get, got what I could get my arm somewhat out of the water for like the last five yards. Yeah. You still made the effort though. Yeah, still, still made the effort. effort. Like I told my coach, like, never again. I'm like, yeah. I'm not pursuing the tournament again. Yeah. Like, I can't. I, I physically can't. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, uh, that's pretty. Pretty robust podcast, I would say. Yeah, I would say it's solid. Yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah. A lot of good value. And I think we can definitely go around and do a lot more stuff. Definitely want to circle back around the world. Yeah. Do some DMT. more stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. 
but uh, do you have any like sort of last last words that you kind of want to put out there? And for anyone listening, like if you love something, freaking do it. Like you can find a way to make it work. For real, you really can. You can. Um, like I'm lifting weights. Yeah. You know, farm kid lifting weights, and I'm making a living doing it and helping people, and I feel fulfilled. If you are chasing a job that is just a paycheck, it's not going to say stop. But Pursue what you enjoy and use the revenue from what you hate. <laughs> what you like. Yeah, transition. I mean, in a few words. Yeah. In a few yeah. words, you know, like, yeah. I mean, do it intelligently, but seriously, like, if there's something you truly love and feel called to, like, go do it. You're supposed to go do that. And and literally find a way to help people doing it. You'll feel so much more fulfilled. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's really cool. I can tell you guys some stories that, like, you said, like, there's story, like, tear jerker stories. Yeah. I got some tear jerker stories, yeah. bro. Like, that's, that's real. That's what counts. Somebody didn't commit suicide on a tricep set. Like, legit. Like, that's a, that's a real thing that happened. Like, this kid, I, I texted him, and I just hadn't seen him in two weeks. I didn't really know. Like, I just hadn't seen him in two weeks. I was like, hey, man, how you doing? Hope to see you at the gym soon. Literally, that's it. And, like, four days later, I get this really long message where he had, um, he's going through, you know, some issues, and he tried to take his life. And I was like, like, what do you say that? I wasn't expecting that at all. I was like, yeah. Meet, meet me at the gym tomorrow. Uh, let's let's work out. Let's yeah. get a workout together. We didn't say anything about it, the entire workout. There are other people in the gym, dude. Yeah. Like time. sometimes, like that's what they need, dude. Like, is yeah, you know, yeah. You never know, like what people are going through. Like, I mean, I we both had our stuff where we hit like really hard slopes, Some dark places. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I was in a dark place for a long time, and it took like my brother was like, hey, let's go shooting at the range. I'm like, yeah, all right. Let's and he kind of dragged me out of the house and dragged me out. And she's like, he literally took me there. He's like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, my brother's just like, he, I feel like my family has a weird, like, connection. Like, we it's all, good. like, we all, my mom, for family dude, I could be a million miles away from my mother. She's like, what's wrong with you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Get out of my head, mom. Yeah, she's like, she's got ESP or something like that. My brother just kind of got the same way. He's like, hey, what's going on, man? Like, I haven't seen you in a couple days. Like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. And he took me to the range. We kind of talked it out while we're, you know, shooting rifles. And he's like, you feel better? I'm like, yeah, it's like, I needed this. And like. You know, a full breath. Yeah. He's yeah. like, dude, you need to like open up more. He's like, you, you know me. I don't. I don't talk. He's like, yeah, I get it. Just you know, every once in a while, check in. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes that's all you need, just to check in with those people. And yeah. Just be, people appreciate real. So like, once you're done, once if you really care, they're gonna vibe with you. Yeah. Man, real, real is rare right now. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, any, anyone literally that's listening. Um, yeah, be real with people. Like, if you think if you think something's wrong, or if you feel like something's wrong with you, yeah. that's not weak to go look for help. Yes. Like, like that's actually yes. strong. What, what's easier to clam up and like be pissy about it? That's far easier than being like this bothers me. Like having this discussion, that's way it takes so much more strength. Like, go do that. Don't be a pussy. Yeah, like, just it, go talk yeah. about it. God yeah. dang it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a strong person to like admit that something's wrong. wrong. Yeah. And, like, yes. Yeah. Like, it's, like. You know, shit, yeah, it, it, it took me so like, cause I, I mean, like, dad's old school, so like, you know, I grew up never crying, like, don't say, yeah, don't show any weakness, yeah. like, yep. I mean, you're brought up that mentality, like being, and especially being a male in that, that kind of society, like, you're, you're not taught to show weakness, so, like, for me to say, like, I'm feeling like really down, like I'm not feeling like myself, like it takes a lot of strength to do that, and, like, that's what. That's what being a strong person is like being, and that's redefining strength. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, though, like, I mean, like that's yeah. those are the steps that it takes. That's true. Being not, be not afraid to ask for help, basically. Yeah. Is what I'm no one, no one, no man is an island. Yeah. Very gotcha. good quote. Very true quote. Um, 
that no one gets to this life alone, no one is self-made, there's no such thing, literally. Everyone has help, everyone has people that are positioned in their life to help them. And like, I, you know, like, yeah, okay, I'm the sole proprietor of a gym, I'm still not self-made, I had to have some sort of investment, I have to have people that believe in what I'm doing, I have to, nobody is self-made. Stop thinking it's you are an island and you are by yourself. You are not by yourself, stop being a puss. And if you need help, go get it. Like, that's strong, that's the harder decision. Ask yourself, if, if, if you are worried about your manhood or womanhood or the strength of your person and how that's perceived, ask yourself, what is the harder decision to make? Go talk to somebody about this or go, uh, or go clam up in my room and go drink wine by myself. What's the easier decision? I'll wait. <laughs> Obviously, like, the latter is the easier decision because it's less painful. Choose the other one. Yeah. Choose the other one. And then, and, then, and then guess what? You grow through that and you can help other people through it. So. I would say pursue your passion and literally just be real with the people around. If you think something's wrong with someone, you don't have to be a dick, but you can be like, are you okay? <laughs> that is not an overly sensitive thing to say. That's called being a friend, and you can do that, and you're not a punk for doing that. Like, that's real, that's being real. So I guess I guess the overall message of the gym is being real and holding yourself and your others, and your others accountable and, and just love on people. Like, that's, that's what we're here to do. You're humans, you have somewhere between 70 and 90, sometimes way less than 70 years on this earth. Make a difference. Like, go listen to the song, do something by Matthew Epps, actually. Cheers to that, because that's, that's a dope song. Sweet. So where can people find you? Um, Backbone Barbell Gym on IG, or Ray underscore 198 underscore Powerlifter on IG. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully you'll be hearing from, from this in a, in a very big way. Hopefully there's no way you won't hear from this inside at some gotcha. point in the future. If you guys ever want to get involved with one of the time to sponsor children's, please just like shoot any one of these gentlemen a DM. Yeah. We'll get in contact, and I'm, I will happily coach you for free if you will sponsor a kid in a third world country. Like we're trying to grow this team and you know, we got some strong people on the team. I got people that bench over 600 pounds. I'm trying to be the, the youngest geared lifter, youngest drug free lifter and lightest drug free lifter by about 50 pounds to squat a gram. Like that's the goal. We're, we're not just like, yay, participation trophy, 300 squat at 200 pounds of body weight. Like, no, we want to break records. So it's good coaching, but, uh, but you can do it. And also you're going to get to pin talk in a third world country and you get, it's, I think it's something that you as a lifter is also could, could get some sort of element out of, you know. You know you're doing something for someone else as well. Yes, we do. Yeah. So I, myself, as the, uh, the fitness individual that's sitting here on this table, is, uh, you can find me at My Primal Being. But if you want to find the entity that actually produces all this content, see me at Echelon Media. And then you can find me at MCOX91 on Instagram. And, uh, we got to create a uh, Florida's Fittest. Yeah, Florida's Fittest podcast. Well, Florida's Fittest podcast on Instagram. You can follow them. Uh, that's us. And like, I'll, we'll show you some uh, behind the scenes stuff. And we'll post every uh, podcast update. And yes, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts. All the podcast streaming apps you can find us on. And um, yeah, don't follow me on Facebook. Yeah, man. Just always be the best version of yourself each and every day. Read more, learn more, do more. Be a nerd. Be yeah, a nerd. Just, just be passionate about you know you know what drives you and you know like uh, I want to quote something that's super nerdy of me. Um, the hardest decisions require the strongest wills, and uh, that's from Thanos. It is. It is. Measures. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, top it off. Yeah. 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 So, uh, nice. 
Hashtag. Yeah, that's it. Hashtag, that's a wrap. Hashtag we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Deuces. Thank you guys for listening. See you.